2: Now on Food FM, you're listening to Bread and Butter with Caroline Kenyon. Caroline and her guests make
0: sense of the world through food, from politics to farming, making and cooking. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM.
1: Hello, I'm Caroline Kenyon, and I am delighted to be the presenter of Bread and Butter, where we look at all things to do with food and food culture and what could be more food and more culturally exciting than food photography. And today we're talking about the winners of Pink Lady Food Photographer of the Year 2023. And very happy to have with us two of the international jury, Liz Galbraith and Emma Slight. Thank you so much for having us, Caroline. We're delighted Thank to be you, here Caroline. again.
2: Yes, it's a pleasure being here.
1: Wonderful. We're really looking forward to our conversation. Maybe, um, Liz, you'd just like to explain um, who, who and what you are and your connection with the world of food photography?
2: Sure. Um, I'm Liz Galbraith. I am now a freelance creative director But I was for 20 years creative director at BBC Magazines, uh, which was good food. And I created and launched Olive Magazine. Uh, I'm still involved in the world of food photography, even though I'm not working. I'm now freelance. So, yeah, that's me.
0: And Emma? I am the head of food content at Marks & Spencer. And also I look after and lead on all their food. Photography and photographic direction. So, all of the wonderful stuff we produce across all of our magazines, publications, in store, and just working with a plethora of absolutely wonderful photographers. So, a
1: delight to be involved again in a very delicious selection of winners. Marvellous. Well, let's look at this year's um, crop, or rather, your pick from this amazing crop of what is the world's leading awards for food photography and film. Liz, I think you've got uh, a first one to share with us. Tell us what it is and what it is in that image that speaks to you.
2: Okay, well, it's really, I mean, I know everybody always says this, but it's really hard to choose what pictures because all of the winners of all the categories are fabulous shots. But the first picture I want to talk about is the winner of the street food category and it's called the Candyman. And this uh, has actually ended up as the winner of the Pink Lady Food Photographer of the Year 2023. So the overall winner. Now, this is a fabulous picture. It's by John Enoch. He's a UK-based photographer, and it's one of a series of Mumbai's candy men that he's photographed around the city. John Enoch is a hugely accomplished photographer, and he's not afraid to leap in and tackle complicated logistics to get great shots. And I think this shows here. It's a very direct image. There's nothing ambiguous in the picture, and I like that. The candy man, who we know is Papu Jaswal, is looking directly at us, and he's solidly there in the frame, holding this huge bamboo trellis which dwarfs him. Onto the trellis is attached the bright pink bags of candy floss. And he's not striking a pose, he's not urging us to buy, or in fact, being anything more than he is in this picture. Uh, This is a lot of John Enoch's vision, as this isn't actually a happened by chance street snap. It is, yes, a picture of street food in Mumbai, and you see these candy floss sellers all over Mumbai. But John has composed the picture. He's utilised the location. And I think he's worked with Papu Jaswal. He's lit the shot. He's developed the composition and made a really very beautiful and precise coming together of all the disparate ingredients so the first thing that really strikes is the heat and the dust we can really see and feel that heat and dust and there's the dusty leaved plants growing in the mud-stained pots and there's the dusty on the ground the daily detritus collecting on the ground and there's even a dusty old bicycle resting on its side the open windows on the first floor of the building, you know, it's so hot, your windows are wide open at all times of day and night. And I love the muted colours throughout this image, apart from in the two key places. So there's the bright pink of the candy floss, and then there's the pink interior of the first floor lit room above the figure. And these draw you to these two sharp points, these colours. And John has contrasted the pink, not with its complementary colour on the colour wheel but with a gorgeous subtle indigo blue which tints parts of the image and it makes the pink burst out of the picture so there there is actually three main colours in the picture there's the pink there's the indigo and there's also a sort of rich caramel burnt sienna colour and that's on the steel shutter behind Papu Jaswal, and it's some of the plant pots on the steel grating on what looks like a well cover. And actually in a richer, darker version is uh, in Papu Jaswell's skin tone. Looking at the picture the overall, the candy floss is bang in the centre of the frame. And that's where the light is. It's where the colour is and where the intense visual action it is. It's a, a big part of the picture In terms of the composition and in the attention directed to it by the colour and the lights and we can see the highlights on the plastic bags tied to the bamboo frame, we can see the texture of the candy floss in the bags and we can clearly see his face dwarfed by this huge rack of candy floss which is... (laughs) It's almost as tall as he is. It's certainly wider, and I expect it's very cumbersome to manipulate. But there's a very clever bit of perspective here. The angle of the bamboo frame at the top, the angle of the bamboo frame to the camera gives a line of perspective lifting from the bottom left to the top right. And immediately above it, the frame pink window repeats the opposite opposite perspective going from top left to bottom right. And this is such a clever bit of composition here. And it makes you focus right in there. It draws you right in and keeps composition tight. Everywhere I look in this picture, I see such thought and consideration, how the image is put together, where the details sit, how each detail enhances the narrative. Some of it is constructive. Some of it I'm sure is by chance. So, I think John has very elegantly told the story of this candy man. It's very Mumbai. It's very beautiful. And it's got such a light, clever touch. And incidentally, if anyone's interested, there's a lovely short film of making the series of these pictures that's um, on John Enoch's Instagram if you want to check it out.
1: Thank you, Liz. That was a really fascinating reading of this picture. Emma, share your thoughts with us.
0: I think there's no secret that this was one of my favorites and I was delighted to see it take home the overall prize I think it's quite cross Liz got there first and nabbed it to be able to talk about but honestly it's it's just beautiful isn't it I think the color just in and of itself is one of my favorite colors and it's it's not a color you see a lot of in food photography um, and it's a delight to see something that's so unabashedly unashamedly pink and all the colors and all the semantic field that comes with that shade it's fun it's interesting it's it's eye-catching but it's not there's nothing sort of soft about this picture While the food is soft the actual scenario is 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 just it's just fascinating to look at basically and every time you look at it, your eye goes to a different part of the picture i would really urge people as liz said to go to his instagram account and see the series that that produced this um uh, and what i loved about his it was this little anecdotal point around the fact that there's lots of these candy sellers so they have to create ways of building ever different and ever more imposing structures to hang their candy floss on to really catch people's attention. And uh, I think this is definitely the uh,
1: the biggest monolith I've
0: seen out of the series. And I think it's an exceptional winner.
1: Thank you. Yes, I, I would echo every word of that. I mean, I think um, I see so much dignity in this. I mean, this man has a really hard life, doesn't he? You know, it's really tough. And he will be living absolutely on the edge. But there's nothing um, self-effacing about him. He is, his gaze is bold and he, he thinks he is the equal of anybody, as he absolutely is. I think it is a beautiful shot and, as you say, a very, very worthy overall winner. So, Emma, share with us your first pick to, to talk about. I'd love to hear what you'd like to share with everybody.
0: Sure. So my first pick is the Champagne Tatager Food for Celebration winner. of uh, So the category winner is entitled Dinner with the King and Queen of Sweden. And it's by a Swedish photographer called Jonas Borg. Um, and this is definitely one of those pictures that you just kind of need to spend an awful lot of time looking at it. I guess the first thing that attracted me to it is the colour of it. It's such a warm sepia brown gold tone it feels almost like an old-fashioned photograph it feels as though it could have a wash on it even though it doesn't it's just that gentle glow of opulence basically so it's it's a shot that shows you inside of the palace so it's an annual event held in Stockholm's royal castle um, and it's all about celebrating individuals who've made extraordinary contributions through the year and it's hosted by uh, the king and queen and they hold a special dinner to celebrate those people and the way this shot is composed is the action, I suppose, is almost off-centre from the frame. Your eye starts, well, mine certainly did on the left-hand side, where you come into all of these lit candles, huge, elaborate candelabras, and the hint of a very crystal-heavy chandelier coming down from the top. You've got a huge ornamental mirror that reflects back a bit of the opulent room, a bit more of the detail behind it. So there's pillars, and there's, there's enamel paintings, and there's there's all sorts of gilding and guilt work and fretwork, and then you edge to the right where the actual epicenter of the picture is and it's it's a door that's open and you can just about see inside and it's a long table set up for a formal banquet ringed with people in formal dress but you can never quite see any of their faces clearly and then just around them you can see there's a regiment of butlers or waiters or people just about to start serving them food and There's just to me something so firstly magical about it because it feels like a secret look at a world that most of us will never experience or never see. So it feels as a moment stolen in time as you've walked past an open door and just happened to have a camera out. But second, there's a sense of sort of documentary style to it as well and that's very much in keeping with Jonas's style of photography but it's, it's sort of inviting you in to that room without really being a part of it. Um, I think it, this it almost reminds me a little bit in the setup of a theatre stage or a set. It, it looks as though it's it could be a series of folding paper rooms where you sort of, you know, that sense of perspective where it just keeps going on and on. It's like a concertina image is how I would describe it, that it just keeps bringing you in and in and back. And then you start looking at it and you wonder, what is in the rest of that room that I can't see? I can only see one edge of a wall. And then you look back at the mirror as well and start to think about... God, I really want to see the rest of that room. I wish I could flip the camera around and see what that reflection is in its entirety. And I just think there's something warm and inviting and very, very poignant about it. And I just think it makes me very warm inside this photograph. Despite not actually having very much visible food, it feels as though it's a a moment of food about to be celebrated or a moment that's being celebrated by food, I should
1: say, um, and that we've just been very lucky enough to get a sneak peek of it. Thank you that was um, really fascinating. Liz share with us your thoughts.
2: Yeah I love this shot too it's great. Um, the The thing that I particularly admire um, that Jonas has done is put the interest on the right hand side and you know it'd be so easy to make it a vertical shot through the doors and not have the mirror on the left but it just gives it so much more intrigue and interest and it makes you part of being an onlooker we're on the other side and we're looking in the door you know they he's opened the doors for us and i think that's great you know it's such a clever composition to just think twice about oh actually what's the best way of showing this when i'm taking this shot rather than going straight in and you know even going through the doors and taking that picture uh, from inside the room would be a fabulous shot. But this has just got so much more going on and it gives us a real feel of being there. And, yeah, Emma's right, you know, you kind of want to know what else there is because we know we're in a huge castle. We can see it in the mirror on the left-hand side and how much more is there. So, yeah, it's, it's great shot. And I, I like the contrast of how tiny the people are. So that actual table with the people around it is you know, less than a an eighth of the picture, which is you know also a really interesting way of making an image. So yeah, I love it. Thank you to Jonas for bringing it to us. Yes,
1: I I agree with everything that you've both said, and I think you know bearing in mind in this country we've talked so much about monarchy uh, over the last year or so with the death of the Queen and then the coronation of. King Charles and one of the things that's been said over and again and I think it's very true is that royalty manages to maintain its power over people with mystique and you know it was said of of the late queen that you know that people projected onto her all sorts of thoughts ideals and and values because she was so private and I think a lot of that you see in this image and I think you've both said how how much more obvious it would have been for the photographer who'd gone through the door Mm -hmm. and the fact that we're on the outside looking in. It's so tantalising. It feels very of the moment, doesn't it? It feels very very much uh,
0: the secrets, I don't know, we're being invited in, maybe more, maybe less, who knows? But I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. It felt very timely and a winner of its time.
2: I don't think we're invited in. I think we actually stay behind the doors.
1: Definitely, mm-hmm. we're on the wrong side of the Green Bay's door here, but that's what makes it so, you know, even yes. more compelling and yes. and, and uh, attractive.
0: Yes.
1: So to move on to my choice, my first choice is the Claire Aho Award for Women Photographers. And it's a wonderful picture called Ardua's Kitchen. And it is taken by a photographer and I'm going to uh, bring up her name in a moment um, forgive me because I should have um, had that to hand but this is the most exquisite photograph it's by Carla Suterra Sardo of Italy and it's Adria in her kitchen she is the most magnificent old lady she is so groomed she has this lovely beret this exquisite white curled hair. Her lipstick is perfect. She's wearing a very chic red jacket. And in front of her is one of those classic sort of Italian dishes with a sort of ceramic fruit on it. And there's very luscious looking ceramic strawberries and leaves. And she is surrounded by the setting of her kitchen. And it is, is it 50s? Is it 70s? I'm not completely sure. There's the oilcloth tablecloth. There are the mineral water bottles with paper cups on the top. She's so chic, and and her the sort of simplicity and the the humble nature, modest nature of her kitchen is a really it's a very so poignant contrast. But it makes me think of you know all of our grandmothers, I and mean, my grandmother certainly had a severely unmodernized kitchen, and you know great aunts and all those kind of meals of one's childhood that were produced in very modest kitchens, but. I remember my grandmother, you know, she would have sooner gone out stark naked than have gone out without a hat and gloves because she was of that generation and she would have thought it was very, very badly mannered. But this is, again, this, this is so quintessentially Italian. And, you know, if you know Venice, you know, often the homes in Venice are very, um, they can be very modest. I mean, the, the buildings are so ancient and yet, The elderly ladies of Venice emerge from these modest dwellings, but looking a million dollars. And this is what I feel about Adia in her kitchen, that it's a place of cooking memories, of family memories. Are there the ghosts of her children and her grandchildren around that table? But she's ready to go out and she's ready to go out and conquer the world. And I just adore it. Liz, would you like to go first with your your thoughts as well?
2: Yes, I absolutely agree with you, Caroline. I loved this picture. I loved it when we saw it when we were judging. It's so strong. And what I really like is the contrast between Adwa, who is dressed up, the lipstick on, there's the kiss curl, the beret, the very smart red top, and the comparative homeliness of the kitchen that she's in. So we know she's going to go out and do something or she's been out and come back. Um, So, you know, that contrast is really interesting, I think, and it's great the way she's in the middle of the frame and she's looking directly at us. And the way the spots of red are picked up, I think, is really lovely. There's the strawberries and then there's the gingham on the right and a couple of other bits of red. It's it's such an interesting picture. It makes me want to look and look and look and look. And I agree with you, Caroline. I, you know, she looks like the woman who knows what she wants and she has got standards that she's never going to fall below. She looks amazing. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic shot. And I think it's great that um, she's bang in the middle of the picture, but the, the um, strawberry thing is in front of her. So it slightly pushes her back, but that makes it, makes her even stronger, in my opinion. Yeah, it's lovely, lovely picture
0: emma yeah i i agree i think um it's it's difficult isn't it because one sort of could criticize and say well there isn't actually any food to be had in it and i did spend a couple of minutes when i first saw it thinking oh my god that how have they got that sheen on that strawberry tart before i quickly realized it was a ceramic but i don't really care because i think it's beautiful i think my favorite thing about it it's a little treasure trove shot so it's those little idiosyncratic bits that are unique to Adua, so her bonkers cat picture in the back right, and her her wall mounted teapot shot. And I just think there's every time you look at it, you see something something quite special or different, and something unique to the time and the place and and her life. Her yeah. little sort of bits, the feather duster sort of discarded on the table, just just to her right, that that hasn't been removed from the shot. It just feels very, even though it's staged and even though it's posed,
1: yeah. it just feels very very natural. Thank you. So, Liz, over to you for image number two, please. Okay. so the
2: uh, next picture I want to talk about is the winner of the category uh, World Food Programme, Food for Life. And it's called Hungry Tears. And it's by Alnazim Tulukdar Rajib, who is from Bangladesh. And oh, my goodness, doesn't your heart go out to this young boy? (laughs) This is such an interesting study of human life. Everything is happening in a moment and we are really here a millisecond after the food was dropped and his reaction, his tears and frustration show as he lifts his hands to his face. Such an instant reaction and we're completely in there with him. And when I first saw this, it took a couple of seconds for me to fully consider all the elements because every part of this shot is just right, in the right place. The colour palette is great and the composition is dynamic. And it's all about a moment, a moment when fortunes have changed, when a small boy who may be very hungry loses his food. Um, We see the boy in the centre of the picture. He's framed between two windows of the train carriage behind him and we can see the life going on inside the carriage and there's no one looking at him. He's dropped his food, he's crying... And in contrast around him, there's like almost half a dozen snapshots of life knitted together. There's small groups of people we can see through the train windows. Their lives are going on. Someone's on their phone. Um, A a man next to to him is looking at it. There's a toddler sitting on what could be his father's lap. And then the father is the only person looking directly out at us at the camera. And there's more people standing behind them. It looks like the carriage is full. And through the other window amongst the bodies, there's a man gazing out into nowhere. So even though this distressing scene is playing out on the platform, which we can clearly see and connect with, passengers are not paying attention to it. It's absolutely heart-wrenching. And I think this is such a strong narrative around which uh, Almasim has taken a, a terrific picture. And a lo- again, color palette, lovely restrained color palette. The teal blue of the train, and actually in this case, it is the complementary on color on the color wheel. The dull orange of the boy's shirt, and then there's the white of the bowl on its side, almost framing the food it's ejected. This stands out starkly on the ground, and the The splatter of the food, the way it's scattered, gives us a real sense of impact. And there's the couple of little pops of colour through one of the windows. And that draws our attention to the fact that other people are in the picture. And there are gold stripes on the side of the frame, picked up in the light, hitting the straw mats on the ground, just in the bottom of the frame. But one of the key other points for this is there's two arms coming in, one at each side of the picture. And this I love. And it's one of the things that makes this such a special image. We don't know whose arms they are, what they're doing, but the size of the arms, the distance from the camera, the fact that they're almost at the same angle, frames the image in such an interesting way. And they also give us a third level of depth. So we've got inside the train, we've got the boy and the food, and then we've got the two men much nearer the camera. And the pans are always pointing at the dropped food and their arms and hands are guiding us to the central focus of the story. But there's something about the blankness of the side of the train, the sporting the two gold stripes. The gold stripes I find actually very moving. When I think about it, it's the consistency of the stripes, the way they cover the full width of the image without deviating. They come in from one side and they go out on the other side. They're solid and consistent and that makes me think life goes on it's a journey horrible things happen and there's there's always another train coming
1: thank you liz that was that was very moving emma i think the thing
0: that makes it for me is those arms i think it's it, it could be a very static shot but the arms just imply so much movement and make it so dynamic it's people it's yeah it's the point around life goes on and people are just passing by there's still movement there's still life is happening around this singular moment of horror as the food's dropped and the emotion is there it's it's just but nothing stopped life's still gone on and that sort of makes it all the more poignant and all the more sad for it
1: yes i have such a strong feeling of loneliness in this picture for this little boy so you, you see through the right hand window you see the sort of cherished little toddler sitting cuddled on probably his father's lap, you know, enfolded in in love. And then there's this older child on the platform who's lost his food and the arms swinging by look like people just walking on by. It is a picture full of emotion and feeling, isn't it? It certainly is. Definitely one to remember. And the more you look, the more you see and the more you feel Emma, would you like to share your second picture with us? I very much would, thank
0: you. So my second picture is the Philip Harbin Award for Food in Action. And blimey, talk about food in action, this shot has it all. So it's the An Chang sugar dance artist by Zum Hua Yang. So the ancient art of sugar throwing, which lots of us won't be familiar with, I guess the closest we've come to it would be what, taffy in America? So, it's the art of stretching sugar to the point that it becomes pliant and stretched and long, and you can manipulate it into different forms. And this shot captures that skill and that art in motion. So, there's a man concentrated in the center of the frame, and around him is this whirlwind, this absolute vortex of sugar. And on the first glance at it, it looks alive. It's you can feel the movement of it. The, the nature of it is almost whipped towards the camera. So the very tail end of it, it swoops around him in an arc. It looks like silk or like gossamer, all the light is catching on every single curve of that piece of sugar as it goes around him. And then the very end of it is thrown towards the camera as so though it's going about to smack you in the face when you look at it. So it's it's a picture that's both arresting and confronting and. Frankly, it takes a long time to look at it to admire both the skill of the photographer to capture that in motion. I don't know how many frames it took to capture that, but I would envisage that man. he was there for days and days as that man made sugar again and again to try and capture that perfect shape, but also the skill of the person behind it. And I think that's often so important when it comes to food photography. It, it's sort of not an image you would quite happily and comfortably see in the street food category as well, but it's the kind of it's an appreciation of the art form of the photographer. And his dedication to composition, light balance, his subject, the field. But it's also uh, a real testament to the skill that goes into creating the food. So the person within the photo, the person who, who knows that skill, has done that job and that profession for years and years, I'm sure. And just has a real craftsmanship and a love of what they do. And I think all of that for me comes through in this picture. It's a real beautiful balance of not much colour going on. It's it's very black and white. You've got the white apron, the black jumper, the black behind, and this real shock of the white sugar as it's going through the frame and curling around him. Um, and you can see little hints of just daily life happening in the background of this sort of artistry in front of them you've got you know someone's trainers peeking out from the bottom right hand frame of passers-by you've got little orange lanterns just hanging from the ceiling above him so they're sort of echoes of everyday life happening and I think rather meta there might actually be a shot a portrait of him making sugar in the background standing behind him just on the wall a little portrait little um added to the frame so it's just a it's, it's an absolutely stunning shot for many reasons and it is, it is a wonderful shot um, and by far one of the best food in actions I've, I think I've seen in a while. It is very much the epitome of this award category. Thank you, Emma. Liz?
2: Yeah, this is a really unusual image. I have never seen sugar like this before, so I don't think any of the judges had when we looked at it for the first time. Uh, So it's really interesting. And of course, when you first, see, if you don't know this sugar, this way of manipulating sugar, it looks like a silk scarf. And it's, you know, it's got that texture and that beautiful flow of silk and that weight and the slight translucency. So to find out that it's actually food is really interesting. But one of the things for me is just that big S shape that the white sugar is making through the picture, right across the frame, it comes, you know, completely takes over the frame. And then he, his face in the middle, lit from one side, it is such a clever composition. I agree, Emma, I don't know how many frames they went through together it is it's really fabulous and the the slightly monochromatic feel of the picture is also really interesting it just makes the white and the black much more dramatic so yeah i mean it is food in action goodness me it's food in action yeah fabulous shot
1: it is amazing and i think one of the things many things i love about it is the uh contrast between the the flamboyance of the the sugar as you say, looking like a billowing silk scarf. And then this very modest, very neat man in the middle of it with slightly downcast eyes. And I find that very touching. I think it was a beautiful dynamic. So I think we are on to our very last picture of our conversation, sadly. And it's my choice, which is the winner of Irasaro's Wine Photographer of the Year, People. Now, we see some really amazing portraits in this category. Because um, I don't think any, uh, do you call them vine- vinophiles, would be offended if I said there are some real characters in the world of wine and making wine. And so you see some amazing faces and some real sort of eccentricities. But this is the most gorgeous portrait of a young woman, and it's nothing formal about it. She is at the bottom of the vat. She's been clearing out the vat with her shovel, her bare feet are absolutely covered with the skins and the juices of the grapes. She's, you know, she's covered in in sort of purple, you know, husks of skins. And she's seems to be sitting on something in the bottom of this vat and she's looking upwards and her face, she's happens to be a very pretty young woman, but with rosy cheeks from her physical effort of shoveling out this vat, but she's looking upwards and her face is illuminated almost as if she were a sort of medieval Madonna. And I just think it's absolutely gorgeous because there's so much character and, and a sort of sense of atmosphere in this photograph because You know, wine is is quite as a glamorous industry. There's nothing glamorous about this shot. She has been working her socks off, shoveling away. She's exhausted. The job is done. She's sat down for a bit. Her knees absolutely gleaming with, you know, juice and sweat. Her face is lit up and she's just resting for a moment with one hand across her knees, the other hand on the handle of the shovel. She's resting it there for a little bit of support. And I can just, I can feel that sense of, you know, a job well done. I, you know, I'm doing something that I'm, I'm proud of. It's really valuable because I'm committed heart and soul to this wonderful, glorious, joyful business of making wine. And I think it's just a beautiful shot. So I'd love to know what you both think. Emma, perhaps you'd like to share your thinking on this image. I would.
0: So I love uh, a process picture. I love a picture that shows something behind the creation of something that we all love we all consume and we all are aware of, the finished product. So seeing it sort of this halfway through the process is really, it's really satisfying. There's something really satisfying about this picture. You sort of get the impression that she's just let out a huge sigh and gone, okay, I'm done for the day. Now I get to actually go and drink product that I have been helping to make so I just think it's it's a lovely moment in time just captured and I like how messy it is I really enjoy a food shot that doesn't shy away from the grit and the grime and the grind of the actual thing the work that they're doing so I love the sort of the splotches of purple staining Mm -hmm. her legs and her arms and I think it's probably flecked up on her forehead where she's wiped across her brow at some point during the day just under her hairline is a big. Sway the purple as well, and uh, I just, I just love the the raw and very hands on nature of this style of shot. I think it's beautiful, and the colours, of course. I mean, have all that her blue of her t shirt, that in deep navy against the tan skin, probably caught in the sunshine, and then all that gorgeous purple mess at the bottom. I think it's just beautiful.
1: Thank you, Liz.
0: I think it's so clever
2: that. Even though she's sitting on the stool, we really feel that she's knackered. She's done it. It's the end of the day. And, uh, you know, all the details that uh, you've both mentioned, the splodges of grape skins, the flush on her cheeks and the way her hand is resting on the shovel, there's just a lovely kind of of end-of-the-day feel to it. She looks tired, but she looks triumphant in a way too. And I agree with you, Caroline, about the light coming down there's a it's a sort of slightly kind of religious experience isn't there <laughs> going on with the light shining on earth from above um it's a lovely picture and it just really cleverly evokes that sort of tired exhaustion the achievement um you know having done a really good hard day's work and the pleasure of of having done that and got to the got to the end of it and the the lovely relief of sitting down and you know the the sort of bits of the work still left around her that the, the husks on the floor and everything it's it's a great shot and it's, it really makes me feel like oh whew, thank goodness it's done i've finished i'm really pleased so yeah great lovely
1: wonderful well thank you both for such a lovely rich highly flavored Conversation. Sadly, we've run out of time, but thank you, and looking forward to convening again next year when we look at our future crop of wonderful pictures. Thank you both. Thank. Oh, can't can wait. wait. Thank, thank you. you. Always a
2: pleasure.
1: Thank you.
0: You're listening to Bread and Butter with Caroline Kenyon. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.